It's Wednesday, June 16th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. Tyler's out today. I thought Russ wasn't going to be able to be on here. I thought I was going to be all by myself. Put a little blast on Twitter. We have three other people showing up and dropping some funny backgrounds. Just distracted me here because uh, we are streaming live on Twitch as well. Uh, but joining us today, we've got uh, Justin Parisi, Scotty Ray, and Vong Pham. How's it going, y'all? Going yeah, well. good. Great. Sweet. Good morning. Um, I would just like three... to point out that yeah. uh, that I actually was the person who suggested the one o'clock central time in our chat. So perfect. You know, just letting that letting that one out there. So somebody's fishing for compliments. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Russ, for finding a time that magically worked for everyone. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. Um, mastering the calendar. Uh, yeah. So, Justin, do you want to uh, introduce yourself real quick and just let the let the listeners know where you hail from and what you do? Yeah, yeah. I'm um, out in uh, North Carolina, near in the Raleigh area. Uh, I work in tech um, at a company that is in direct competition with with Aaron's company. But that's okay. That doesn't stop me from, from talking to Aaron. I love it. Man. Actually, well, this is not spot. a. This is yeah, this fun. is not a Dell-sponsored podcast. This is just my own personal thing with Russ and Tyler. It's just a technology thing. That's all. So we talk a lot about consumer tech, talk a lot about space, talk a lot about cryptocurrency and just ridiculous stuff. So yeah, I yeah. welcome the conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one community, man. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, Scotty, what about you, man? Yeah, hey. Um, <clears throat> so Scotty Ray, I uh, also work uh, in tech, I live down in the Pensacola area, which um, is actually in the central time zone, but in Florida. What? So not a, not a lot of people know this, but there are apparently uh, 13 states that have more than one time zone, and Florida happens to be one of them. So for those you know that want to yeah. learn a new fact for the day, um, way over on the northwest side. But uh, I work for VMware. I've been there. I started originally like 20, 2007 left for a little bit, been back for just under 10 years. So uh, did the Kubernetes thing, the end user compute thing, and now I'm back in the network security space. Awesome. Cool. Welcome. Yeah. Thanks. Do you know, it sounds like you know more than the average bear about time zones. Is Arizona the one that has like some personality disorders there and can't figure out like whether they uh, adopt daylight savings time or? Yeah, yeah that would be that would be Arizona and Indiana. Um, yeah. And I know this because my mother-in-law is from Northern Indiana. And every year during the election cycle, with everything going on in the world, the vote for the time zone is actually probably the most critical issue for her in terms of uh, who she's going to vote for. It's very passionate up there. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Dropping facts on us. Nice. Damn. Coming through. All right. Vong, fam, known you forever, hey. dude. Yeah, yeah I've, been, I've, been do, I've been doing this tech stuff for a while. So uh, I'm in the reseller space now. I'm ex-VMware. I used to do VMware. So vendor space, you know, uh, was customer too. So it's all fun, you know, it's all fun until someone gets poked in the eye or, you know, it's all good. But we, we try to, we try to make sure we take care of the customer, whatever we do, jobs, you know, job satisfaction is just, it's not just to click the mouse around, but actually gets work done. But in the process, we have fun and we, we, you know, keep the human element alive. So that's good. Very good. Your little saying there reminded me, um, so <clears throat> Back in 2006, I was diagnosed with testicular cancer. One of my favorite gifts from a friend was a shirt. And there was, it was a tree with a branch and there was a squirrel sitting there and he's holding a bunch of nuts. 
And then he drops one and he's looking down and there's a thing over it. It says, it's all fun and games until someone loses a nut. Thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> so appropriate. <laughs> yeah. No one has a better attitude through two bouts of cancer than Aaron Bewley. That much I can guarantee you. Yeah. I was also sponsored by uh, the Uniball Pen Company. Redefining Bewley Strong. Redefining Bewley Strong. That's right. Oh, man. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's get into this day in tech history real quick, and then we'll move into uh, the topic du jour. Mm, Dude, it's that? already June. It's already June. The world is different. Today, I walked up the office. I go to the office every day, and today, there's like no signs for anything about masks. It's like in California, they've dropped the zones. Cal OSHA hasn't officially notified the state what their position is, but a lot of places are like no mask requirement, so you can walk in and do what you want to do. It's it's really weird. No, that's, that's news. I, 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 for, I knew you were in California, so I was confused for a moment because I thought that the restrictions were still pretty strong there. But was that that must have just dropped? It just dropped. But see, Cal OSHA hasn't chimed in. They're chiming in on the 17th, which is technically you know tomorrow, right? And so Newsom's going to do an executive order and the vote, yada yada yada. But the office buildings are you know they're saying, hey, we we comply, we're good to go. There's no mask. Just you know you know some basic precautionary, but no no heavy handed you know positions about that right now so it's all good well it feels a little odd after being conditioned a year and a half you know but you know i think california had to hit like a threshold a vaccination threshold and that's when they started lifting it yeah because the hipaa thing that people are so pushing back about hey it's my business not your business but it's public safety so you know power to you i want everyone to be safe i don't want this thing to get out of control so you know whatever it is be smart be safe so it's all Hmm. good well, that is good news. That was good news. So, All right. So today in tech history, 118 years ago today, June 16th, Ford Motor Company Incorporated. 9.30 in the morning, June 16th, 1903, woo! Henry Ford. Another, yeah. We've been talking about the F-150 uh, for a while and the Lightning and now the Maverick, I guess. We actually haven't talked about the Maverick on the show yet. Maverick. But, Love it. Um, yeah. They're going to come out with the Goose and all that kind of fun stuff. But uh, And other prospective stockholders, they met in Detroit, signed official paperwork. So here's a little bit, just a couple sentences on behind the scenes right before the Ford Motor Company was incorporated on this day, 118 years ago, 1903. But Ford had built his first gasoline-powered vehicle, which was called the Quadricycle. Don't know if y'all knew that, but in a workshop behind his home in 1896, while he was working as the chief engineer for the main plant of the Edison Illuminating Company in Detroit. I'm sure there's some fun facts around that. He made two unsuccessful attempts to start a company to manufacture automobiles before 1903. A month after the Ford Motor Company was established, the first Ford car was assembled at a plant uh, on Mack Avenue in Detroit. The rest is history. So, fun facts. Uh, it's, yeah. it's interesting that it has in here, it says, Henry Ford incorporates the Ford Motor Company with 10 investors and $28,000. That's it? That's, it's like that's like less than one it. Bitcoin? less than one Bitcoin. That's exactly right. That's probably actually how they listed it back then. They're like, man, we're going to do this for less than one Bitcoin. That was in 1903. Who wants to take a stab at how much $28,000 in 1903 is in today's money? Without Googling it. Because I already did. 82K? I like How how much save on? 500K. Okay. Anyone else? Tree Fitty. Ooh. I would say I would say it's got to be higher with with inflation. Uh, I'm thinking maybe the low eight figures. 
Wow. Scotty is the winner. What? Um, it is uh, $856,000, which if you, if, you, if you think about it today, <clears throat> I was way off. <laughs> um, I mean, think about starting a car company, production line company with $856,000 today. I, it wouldn't work. I mean, you wouldn't be able to do it. Was yeah, that was unicorn status in the crazy. in the twenties? I mean, yeah, yeah. that's a good question. That's a good question. Be. I was surprised to see that number be. I mean, I wasn't surprised to see the inflation rate be around that number, but just a small amount of money, even relative in today's status. So I don't know. Good for you, Henry. You did it. And I love my F one fifty. Yeah, man. Joanna's coming around. She wants that lightning. All right, so let's move to today. Uh, what are y'all looking at in the news? What do, what do you want to talk about? If you go over to Tech Meme or you go to Google uh, Tech News, all that kind of stuff, top one here in, in Google Technology News, five things not to buy on Amazon Prime Day. There's Apple. There's uh, all kinds of just nonsense in here. Anything drawing your attention? The new Beats. Beats Pro. The Apple P Pro Killer. Apple AirPod Pro Killer for the non-Apple people. It's supposed to Wait, be like a Apple the AirPod Pro killer. They just came out with the AirPod Pro. No, 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 no. These are like These the guys? AirPods I'm wearing, but they're 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 made by Beats, right? So oh, it doesn't oh. use the W chip. You already bought them. There you go. So they're supposed to be really good, pair really fast, and a good sound, and you know, very reasonably priced. Only buck what buck forty nine. So that's, oh, that's you're saying I it's a deal on something. Work. You're saying this What's is that? a deal on something that already exists. It just released them, actually, right? Now I'm confused. What headphones are we talking about? Some They're Beats cool. headphones. That Beats Pro. Be competitors I, don't know. I have a version iPods. of the Beats Pro, but these are still ah. made by Apple. You want to know how I know that? You know how I learned it? Because I'm Apple a loyal Beats fan, by the way. At uh, EMC World 2016, I want to say, maybe 15, they gave out these Beats wired headphones. And those things have been ran over by my truck. They have been washed and they still work to this day. And they're incredible. So I have bought other Beats brands, including this one. When I got it, this little charging thing here, right here, if you can see on the live stream, what do you think that is? Oh, let me guess. It's an Apple stamp as a lightning cable. It's a freaking lightning cable, <laughs> which if you listen to the show, you'll know I detest. And well, I then, cannot okay. stand it. So I have the a new one is Beat Studio Pro is USB C. So that's oh, good. Well, that's good. That's good right there. I'm getting them. And How much do they cost? Buck forty nine. So that's I'm confused good. though, because it's a hundred dollars less than Apple's prod Apple AirPods Pro. But Beats is owned by Apple. Yeah, right? and they and yeah. So why are you and calling something Apple is producing an Apple device killer? It's gonna because kill. it's a different market segment. You know, you know how many Android devices are out there that they want to use something like, like an uh, AirPods Pro? So it's pretty good. Android. Well, then it's not killing yeah. the Apple. It's not killing no, the AirPods Pro. No, no. We, it's we going know after the AirPods. It's going after, it's, yeah, it's going after okay. a market that's been ignored. But it's it's good. It's good because there's junk Air, Android headphones suck. There's a lot of bad ones. You can use so. um, normal AirPods or AirPod Pros or these Beats, which are basically AirPod Pros. Um, on yeah. Android because I do it yeah. right here. Okay, I'm with you now. Yeah. So they just got dropped. Yep, they just, they just got, got dropped. dropped. Cool. Uh, how, fast, how fast can I lose them? You can lose them all the time. You can always be like paranoid when you're doing something in your backyard, bending over. It's like, oh man, I don't want to drop there. 
Well, that's actually why I use the the Beats like this because they have a little ear wrap around. Well, they have a Find My AirPods. So I'm a big fan of right there. And I don't know what a Find My AirPods are. I don't know what any of those words mean. Yeah, find my iPad. Find my AirPods. Does the Android ecosystem have anything like that? Find my device. Yeah, like find devices. Yeah, yeah, it has the ability to do that. Does it work? I've never done it. I don't know. Oh, never needed. You got handles. Russ has handles. Well, I drop my phone all the time, so I don't know how good the handles are. But I don't lose the phone, at least, which is the only. Well, I guess I have a tablet as well, but I haven't. Luckily, to this point, I haven't lost it. Hopefully, I don't at any other point in time. All right, let's move on. Cool. Uh, I do want to move on. I saw I saw some something and I think you actually threw it in the chat as well. Um, <laughs> a funding round for Waymo. This is not your average funding round. It is a very large funding round of $2.5 billion. That is absolutely insane. And I recognize the space they're in of like autonomous vehicles and that stuff is a very large, heavy funded area that, that needs a lot of capital. But oh my goodness, that's absolutely insane. Um, Tell the average listener though, like what does this mean? What 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 is Waymo and who's giving them money and what is this about? Like let's dig into all that. Yeah, so it says, uh, according to, inve- to the investor website PitchBook, which I've actually never used or seen, but I'm going to look at now, the company is valued at just over $30 billion. And so what they do, uh, or at least what they what they have is for years, the company has been reliant exclusively on one real funder, which is its parent company of Alphabet, which is you know, who owns Google. So they are building autonomous driving tech. That's basically what they build to do. That's their, that's their goal. That's what they're working so, on. So Waymo is a subsidiary of Alphabet. Correct. Which, is also, which also owns Google. Correct. Gotcha. Yep. That's, and Waymo that's does self-driving owners. technology. The, the, big, the big piece here is that they've been mostly funded by Alphabet this entire time. This is an external funding round that's coming from, it looks like it's a group, which is not surprising. Um, mm-hmm. Looks like there's a couple of them here. Uh, AutoNation, Canada Pension Plan Investment, uh, another company that I cannot pronounce, Perry Creek Capital, Fidelity Management. I mean, there's a large group that are coming together and, and trying to, to invest in and this And Horowitz is in there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, one. there's there's a large group here that are investing into this, which, you know, clearly there's a, a show of confidence in this space to be putting that much money into it externally and not just coming from Alphabet, which I think is a pretty interesting sign. And correct me if I'm wrong, from what I know on Waymo so far, or, or just historically, they take cars that are already created. There's some minivan stuff that they do. I think it's the Chrysler Pacifica. And then they they put technology into an existing car and then they make it autonomous. It's not like Tesla building their own cars that are autonomous. Is that right? Ooh. Is that what y'all understand? Maybe. Nope. Cause I'm trying to see the long-term play for Google and for alphabet, right? What, what is this? Is, are they uh, collect data? That'd be my guess. Yeah. I mean, what is Google's <laughs> long-term plan for anything? I mean, they're going to kill it in like four years, right? <laughs> get wrecked waymo got your 2.5 million thanks shut the show they, down uh, it looks like they have they have a couple different things here that they're working on doing they have the uh waymo driver i'm just on their their website looking at what they do which looks to be the sort of as as what you i'd never thought of them this way but it does look as though their tech is sort of 
retrofitted in a way onto a car to be able to make it autonomous. But I, I'd have to dig into that more because I've never thought of them that way. It's just that was the original way they were working on Google's self-driving car. The, the other two things that uh, I think are going to be maybe even more interesting are they're working on the first autonomous ride-hailing service. So that's one that they're doing. That's called Waymo One. Another mm-hmm. one is called Waymo Via, which is the autonomous trucking and local delivery solution. So yeah. they show a picture of a gigantic, you know, eighteen-wheeler that is going to be autonomous. Which sounds, which I think terrible. is incredibly important because I don't know. I can't remember where I was hearing this, but somebody I was just kind of casually listening to Squawk on the Street or something, and you already know that the trucking industry is incredibly important, especially in the U.S. Right, it moves a massive amount of goods across the United States. Oh yeah. Clogs up the highways, but if we can solve it from an autonomous, but if you get to the fact that, and this is what someone was just kind of passing said on the, uh, on the, the TV, something about a concern for drivers, um, for truckers in the future, either not having enough or it not being something that the labor force would even want to do or all that kind of fun stuff. So I don't know. I'm curious. Y'all well, it's, it's, on that. Trucker school, you see those ads late at night. It's a viable career don't don't dog it you know but it's it's a it's not an awesome job and there's a very strict regulation of how many hours that driver could do and you know how many miles it can do but now that you just automated and made it simple it's like pretty cool because if you look at that article that that Preston does tens of millions of miles over 25 cities already so the, the they they can scale pretty quick and it's going to be pretty pretty magical that now transportation is going to be automated so the automation of you know learning to love robots, it's it's happening. And so people have to realize their skill set. <clears throat> no longer do you need the lantern guy in the back of the back of the tra- train because things are going to be different. And you know, we have to realize that we can now focus on more strategic things than just sitting in a truck and going from truck stop to truck stop. I'm not trying to, you know, say that's a bad job, but I'm not saying that there are better jobs, is what I'm saying. And you know, well, it and I'm not you can you can make a living don't get me wrong but if that's what you want to do that's a different story you know so i'll take a different i'll take a slightly different you know thing about it. you know i live in an area that's largely rural um yeah and there are tons of people that are friends of mine and you know colleagues and stuff that are in that role because it's a lot of distribution you know if you live in an area where there's raw materials that got to get you know from point a to point b I, I'm concerned, actually. It's like it's one thing, I think, to, to, to look at skills that have to be up-leveled. And I think that's great for people that might be living in more metropolitan areas where they've got other opportunities to potentially go places. But when the job market where you live is fairly limited to begin with, um, it, it's an interesting. I think it's going to have a bigger impact in the smaller cities if it's successful. I, I'm still not convinced like I get the automation trucking from like uh, hub to hub, you know, like interstate, you know, type level, but the amount of skill that it takes to navigate some of these cities, you know, that last little piece there, like the, the idea of automating that to me is weird. Like, I mean, have you ever been to cities like Boston or New Orleans or you know, just these crazy yeah. where, where it's not it's not the 500 miles. It's the it's the last six <laughs> that are yeah. that are really difficult in terms of how you access those because they don't have to just automate that. They're going to have to figure out standards for terminals and 
docking and all those. Oh, kinds that's of the things. whole. That's that the whole point. It's 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 a challenge to that whole industry because this is like the new industrial revolution, the urbanization that happened in the 1850s. Now we're we're going to move and be more efficient in our distribution, perhaps because now that you have all that last leg stuff, that congestion that people can't re, you know rise above to get to work and have a good quality of life. Now you're going to have this automated utility pipe that's going to be delivering to a hub, and then they can make things a little bit more efficient. And I agree with you. It's it's a, it's a threatening positioning for, for a lot of people and their, their livelihood. And it's just, it just um, people are moving, industry is moving, life is moving in different direction. And we have to always be uh, aware of that. And it doesn't mean that it's easy. Don't, 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 mis- don't misinterpret my statement. But it's a challenge that we have to decide how we want to live our lives and the quality of lives. And Russ is throwing some great stats. It's a lot of money. This industry is huge. It's huge. So, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the numbers we're looking at, and, and I threw them all in the chat for everyone, $791.7 billion in, in gross freight revenues from trucking, which is around 80% of the uh, national freight bill as of 2019. I did see some growth rates, which is about 3% year over year. So just assume that that's you know, over, over $800 billion now. Um, almost 12 billion tons of freight have been moved, which is about 72.5% of the total domestic tonnage. And then here's the real one, um, 3.6 million truck drivers employed as of uh, yeah. 2018 and also growing at a clip year over year. Oh, that's yeah. good. Okay, cool. I, I, I didn't know anything about it. I'm just curious. But a percentage um, of our population, 3.6 million, we have over almost, we're nearing what, 400 million people in the United States. So... That's a fraction. And look at their coal miner industries. That's changed too. So that's it's a huge trend that's moving. Yeah. So and, uh, I think I think you're not going to get to like the the autonomous like end to end, right? For a while. No, it's be, no. The long haul stuff is going to be where it really has the benefit. Where you're going look at the port of entries. Yeah. I mean, like, think about those truck drivers. I gotta sit in that truck for hours and hours and hours, and they you know, they can't rest, they can't sleep. Having auto- something like Waymo where you can like basically retrofit existing hardware, existing vehicles. And allow that to take take you across the country, and then when you get to that hard part in those cities, that's when the truck driver takes over and starts to do all the extra work. Yeah, I think that's I a think strong point. Yeah, yeah I, I did not realize that that one percent of our one uh, percent, not our labor force, but one percent of our population, are, is truck drivers. I mean, that's what it translates to, right? Three point. That's, 3. All, 3. that's why people, people love trucker hats. But, yeah, there you go. Um, one of the other cool things that I'd seen in a, uh, I believe it was a Tesla demo where you could have a truck driver that's basically driving a train on the road where you have, you know, five or six, um, you know, 18 wheelers worth of capacity behind one, you know, sentient being, you know, so well, maybe, maybe it, right? it develops. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying like, think about like even just modern airplanes today, right? The pilot is really only engaged at the beginning and at the end of the flight, almost everything is largely autopilot in the middle of like these really long haul flights. It, it could certainly evolve potentially the same way um, for other, you know, transport industries, you know, trucking things like that. Although I got to say, as somebody that rides motorcycles, you know, out there, I'm still nervous about the whole, I mean, regular people are screwing things up. Now I've got to worry about a piece of code or, you know, controlling these things or somebody, you know, not hacking a piece of code. So it's, it's definitely, I'm still not totally, uh, totally comfortable with it, but I, I realize that's where things are going. 
I hear you, man. But one of the you. biggest one of the biggest weaknesses in our transportation system it's 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 only one dimension, two dimensional. You know, when you compare it to biological models like like our vein system, we have three D, right? So if we're looking at that situation where we can't, we can only go on a road, it's not very efficient. So unless we can go to another dimension, go above ground and above ground, higher or below ground, and make that more complex network, and that same space and time can be more efficiently used, then we're going to have better efficiency transportation. So you know, something to consider. Yeah, we need Tunnels. flying or burrowing trucks until we can uh, get into that fourth dimension of time. <laughs> <laughs> the tunnel buses that you saw in China. Remember those? The buses that would drive over the cars. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah, interesting. Okay, cool. Good. Uh, but yeah, Scotty, to your point though, man, I, I think about people like you all the time. Um, I mean, near every time I go out there driving, you know, my head's on a swivel, defensive driving, and I'll be passing somebody. This happened yesterday because I was out driving. And their phone is up in their face, in their face. And I honk at them. And then they, they're they like, what's going on? What happened? And I'm like, you, you happened. Stop doing that. You know, right. it's just, yeah. So, and then now you're going to add in the, you know, the software and all that kind of stuff. Anyway. All right, cool. I don't know if anyone's ever seen one of those little like neck holders. I bought one as a, like a joke for uh, like an office party where like you put this thing around your neck and it holds your phone in front of your face. And I'm th- I I'm just waiting for the day that I drive down the road and I see someone with their phone on one of those holders right in front of their face. It's going to happen. It's I, like, I, I need to get that for around the house. <laughs> just, I mean, it's, that's a joke. Cause my wife says I never, uh, by the way, phone. highly, highly reviewed on Amazon. I with bet. Lots of purchases. It is, uh, it's, it had to have been stolen from like the harmonica holder. You know, like if you see a guitarist on stage and he's playing the harmonica, it just kind of sits right in front. Anyway, whatever. The blues right, traveler what edition. Got? The what? The blues traveler edition. Yes. <laughs> oh man! All right. What else y'all seen in the news? I'm gonna let someone else go, but I got stuff. If we don't. What, yeah. See the uh, the browser stuff. What browser stuff? browser stuff? Two browser things, right? So one was like a recent article about how you should ditch Google because of privacy, right? You should ditch it for in favor of other browsers because Google is just collecting everything. And the other one was about DuckDuckGo and how they're making advancements in the privacy space, right? They're trying to, to make it so you can have privacy and not have to worry about being tracked constantly. Yeah, I don't know nice. if the article you pulled up or you saw was titled the same as the one I'm looking at, but... <clears throat> the thing that caught my eye was DuckDuckGo's quest to prove online privacy is possible. And if for those people who don't know what DuckDuckGo is, it's a search engine uh, at the end of the day. Like that's that's what it is. I think it actually mimics Bing's results. I think that's actually where it pulls the engine from is from Bing search results. Because there are yeah, other ones out there like StartPage as well that's based yeah. off of Google results. Well, they, they made it their mission not to try to compete with Google search because they knew they couldn't win. But what they want to do is do something Google couldn't say they could do, which was not take your data. Yeah. Because yep. Google needs your data, right? They need it to do what they need to do. What about browsers like Brave? What do I you like Brave. What, what are your takes I'll, on that? So I, 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 I saw something recently, like like in the last few months about Brave that I wasn't real fond of. I can't remember. I'll have to dig it up. Um, but yeah, like like just any any browser that can like try to help you avoid that whole data mining scenario without breaking everything horribly, I think is going to be a, a boost, right? So, so what DuckDuckGo is trying to do is, you know, when a tracking cookie comes in and 
you know, a lot of the times the sites will, they'll break because they need that cookie for, for that site to work properly. So DuckDuckGo is actually implementing like dummy cookies to allow the sites to still work, but then not sending out your personal data, like your IP addresses and stuff to make sure that you're, you're not being tracked, but you're still able to, to use the functionality of that site. So I think it's pretty interesting an approach to how, how they're taking things. And I'm, I'm curious to see where that's going to go. And the other aspect of that is, you know, placing your trust in something like a DuckDuckGo, like, how, <laughs> like they're, they're benevolent, they're benevolent now, like Google was do no evil first too, right? So what, what's going to happen? It's interesting to see that they have been profitable since 2014. Um, they have the same business model as, as Google. They sell ads. DuckDuckGo or Brave? DuckDuckGo. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I just, I'm reading this article here or, or skimming it. Just notice that it's said that they've been profitable since 2014, which is um, pretty solid. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm impressed to see that. I was trying to check and see, do you know if they are coming out with a browser? It looks like they may be, they have, a, they have a few extensions out, but I know that Brave is, they, they're a browser first and foremost. That's what we know them as. They're actually coming out with Brave Search. Uh, at least I heard they were. I don't know when that's supposed to come, but they're they're also kind of fighting for this idea of online privacy. And so they have the browser, which is based on Chromium. Um, so it's a Chromium-based browser. So there's a lot of compatibility out there, but it stops with the tracking and automatically blocks ads and does a lot of different things that uh, you know most browsers don't do out of the box. You can use extensions for. But now they're going to have their own search as well. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I've tried uh, DuckDuckGo search before. Uh, I've also used StartPage. StartPage will give you the exact same results as Google. The things that you end up losing are like, like when I, for instance, when I go search for vaccines in California, I did that earlier when we were talking about uh, the, the office scenario for Vong. That, when I do that in Google, a search result will come up with like an application that shows me the percentage of people that have one or two doses of vaccines. When I do that on StartPage, that doesn't happen because they don't have those built-in applications. They just give you the same, you know, top-end search results that come up, and they take a little while, uh, a little bit more, uh, a little longer to pop up. So w- there's a little difference in usability there. And then DuckDuckGo, they don't have the type of re- results that I'm looking for. Like they're not nearly as accurate. So it's it's this thing where Google is still so good at what they do that I think it makes it really difficult for a lot of people to switch, but clearly enough have in order to make this profitable for other businesses that are out there. I think it just shows that the advertising pie is really, really big for a lot of well, people to go out speaking there. Speaking of that, or go ahead, Justin. I, I just I'll have say, a question on the attention tokens. So yeah, one, one, of the, one of the things they pointed out in the article was that when, when you make a Google search, you basically have an assigned token that tracks you, who you are, your identity, and it associates everything else you've searched, you know, very much like, that's why the search results end up being so good. Whereas DuckDuckGo is keyword based and it'll just basically return values based on the keywords. So it's not as customized and it's not gonna be as robust, but there's that trade-off that you're looking for, right? So are you looking for that privacy? Or are you looking for that, you know, fleet package that, that Google's offering? And I think it, it gives people a lot of compelling choices there so they don't have to worry so much about, you know, am I being tracked or not? If, if that's truly your concern, like for me, I, I don't really care. But like some people, it, it bothers them a lot for that. Well, I mean, the old adage still applies. If, if you're not buying the product, then you are the product. What, what is, what it, how do you really define the word free? Because free does have a price hidden or otherwise. And so I mean, I, a lot of us have grown up with technology since we were kids. And so we realize that. And a lot of people don't. They just, you know, either they're older generation, they just use it and get, they get beat up and they get farmed for all the data. 
or the younger kids are just blase about it. They don't really, you know, even, you know, so it's hard to say where you sit in that spectrum, but you know, the old adage still applies. If you're not the pro- if you're not buying the product, then you are the product. So be careful. So what do y'all think about the basic attention token concept or feature, whatever it is, bug, whatever you want to call it within Brave, uh, the browser, where you essentially get the paid. Attention token? Yeah. So you get paid to browse, right? If you agree to um, watch some targeted ads or something like that, then then the browser itself will pay you in basic attention tokens or bats. Um, I want in crypto tokens. Just give me crypto. <laughs> well, just just to clarify, it's not like watch specific ads. Like you're not pulling up a YouTube video. It's yeah. ads sort of pop up usually in the bottom right. Sometimes on the stream, you'll see them happen. If I'm hosting the stream, you'll see my ad sort of pop up in the bottom right as a notification of, hey, check this out. In fact, that's actually how I found um, 1440, the newsletter. That, oh, that nice. Aaron was it came up on that. So it's it's supposed to be less invasive with the sort of approach that it takes because they are blocking ads on the other sites. And then you can use that to, you know, pay websites or content creators if they're set up in the Brave ecosystem to be able to accept payment from you if you want to tip them, right? That's sort of the idea. So that's that's sort of where this this comes from. I think it's a really cool idea. I, I don't use Brave because they fundamentally pay me to use it. You know, I mean, I, I think that that's a little overblown, but I think it's a cool idea. Whether or not it ends up being a big deal, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's, an, it's a neat concept in that, so it, it provides users the ability to turn on this optional ad thing that we're talking about and then pays them for their attention in the, ba- in the form of basic attention token cryptocurrency. But then the neat thing beyond that is users can then send these contributions to websites and content creators uh, along with the ability to keep the cryptocurrency if you, if you want it. So there's this new market of experience and then being able to pay the people that are providing, you know, content and all that kind of stuff. I, it's, I don't know. It, it feels noticed, like the real tip of an iceberg kind of a, a movement. Potentially. It's good possibility. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a fan of anything that's opt-in, right? As opposed yeah. to having opt-out. But uh, is, I agree. is this going to eventually branch into NFTs? <laughs> yeah. Anything I don't like, I call it an NFT. <laughs> I love NFTs. They're my jam. Oh man. My kid spills some milk. That's an NFT. I'm overweight. That's an NFT. Is what it is. That all makes sense to me. Whooping. <laughs> it's like uh what is that movie with the when, when they're sitting in the car and they're trying to talk about what a gluten is? And they're like, fat's a gluten. Sugar's what a gluten, a gluten. is? <laughs> You know what I'm talking about with um. I'm I've seen that, that killed movie. me. I can't remember. They're talking about what a gluten is. Yeah, never. Mind. It's a grain protein, people. That's what it is. Yeah, it's whatever. It's maybe maybe too outside the family friendly aspect of this show. Okay, um, what else we got? What else are y'all looking at? Does anyone know anything about these EU tech rules that they're proposing that Tim Cook is unhappy about? I've Again. seen some stuff on it come around here. Tim Cook is saying that um, some EU tech rules threaten security of the iPhone. But I don't know what those rules are. It just mm. seems as though there's something that they're saying is not in the best interest in the user. The current DMA language that is being discussed would force, it would force sideloading on the iPhone. That's basically what it is that the EU is proposing to allow sideloading, I guess, natively on the iPhone because... I think you can jailbreak it and do it right is what some people have, have brought up. But no, I, I have not seen that. But I just saw that Apple is trying to pilot primary healthcare provider services with Apple employed doctors. <laughs> what? 
What? <laughs> yes. When they say it's stalled, I, I think I see that. The, yes, that stalled due to internal concerns. Con- concerns. What, like we're not doctors? Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> like we're not maybe doctors. that'd be my eye doctor. Uh, is there just no limit to what companies will branch into these days? Is that what this means? They got a credit card too, right? Apple's got a credit card. And then yeah. they, now they've got the tags, the, the tracking tags. And they're working on a car, autonomous yeah. car. And something's got to give, right? Everybody's trying to be Google. Tim I don't know, Cook man. Says, their, their brand power is so strong. I feel like people will jump on it personally. Tim Cook. So this is a Wall Street Journal exclusive. Tim Cook says Apple's greatest legacy will be in health. A bold plan to offer medical services has stalled. Apple was testing this effort by taking over clinics that catered to employees. That is a bold statement for the company yeah. that created the iPhone. Apple a day, baby. Oh, man. An apple a day. Nice. Well played. All right. We can move off of that. Um, there's some other news around Spotify. They're launching Green Room, which is basically um, Clubhouse, but on Spotify. And it's a is different that like the third third iteration of an audio only platform. Yeah, it is. It's like Clubhouse started this thing, and then all of a sudden, everyone else is you know kind of copy pasting it. It was interesting to see Spotify do this, though. I think Clubhouse I, I mean, is going to die. I, I like Clubhouse, but it's so ethereal; it disappears, and there's a lot of FOMO going on. No yeah. gifts. So it's tri- mean. tribal. <laughs> and no gifts either. No gifts. You want to be able to I respond mean, to what's said in, in gifts. Oh, that's nice. There's, there's also also people taking advantage of it and, and monetizing it big time in Clubhouse. They make these fake audiences and, and monetizing it, and it destroys the platform. So you fake, know what happens fake. with every platform? Like somebody ends up yeah. gaming it and it sucks. Yeah, they're gaming it. They're gaming it. So it's like... Wouldn't that like make it really these... popular? People being able to monetize it? I don't know. You I just think. feel like with these bigger players coming in that I, I don't know that Clubhouse stands a chance. I, mean, I hope they do. I want them to take get credit for their original idea, but I, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be difficult for them to stay around. Like I'm also own. reading. Well, this is from an a, a, a acquisition from Spotify. Spotify acquired a company called Locker Room, which I probably wouldn't have named my company Locker Room because of what that association is for from a conversation standpoint. And then it got renamed to Green Room, which I think is safe for bet for good marketing on Spotify's decision there. So. Um, Does Green Room the- have any form of association with some form of chat? Like Locker Room, I recognize. Green Room, I don't know that I do. No, I mean, I'm looking matters, at just- I'm, I'm looking at the interface here, and it's just uh, it's just audio only. It's exactly what it is. You can go in and you can join different uh, groups that are happening, and it just shows the pictures. I mean, it looks exactly like Clubhouse. Hmm. I have to be at an age, I think, where I just I I can't see the value in this kind of stuff. I mean, maybe I'm just an old Gen X dude. <laughs> just, just like, Tyler no. and I rely on Aaron for this. If, yeah. if Aaron's in, we, we let Aaron sort of figure out. It's like, if, if he's into it, then we know that it's cool. Um, like, sort of thing. Well, I mean, some things I can look at and like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then Clubhouse, I'm like, that's an audio chat room. Yeah. That's, that's an, an AOL chat room. chat room. That's all it is. Yeah. Like we're using right yeah. now. And don't get me started on BitClout. BitClout is a poison. It's It's terrible. Don't even the, don't even the wonderful listeners of the show. You don't get to see all of the behind the scenes chat going on, but Bewley's brain was broken for like three weeks on BitClout. There's <laughs> 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 all the research going into it and reading and chats back and forth. It definitely was a uh, 
it was a struggle. On the other yeah. side, though, I'm all about it. I think BitCloud's a big deal. I like it. Oh, I'm- shut your mouth. You disagree. <laughs> yeah. And the um, the uh, Coinbase CEO just signed up for uh, for BitCloud. And I, I am normally like my my presence on the internet is positive, like left, right and center. But I had to go ask him directly, like, why, man, this is a this is a this is a trash garbage. Let's get him thing. on the show. So, OK, I'll ask him. We'll see what's I don't going know on. What his name is, but get him on the show. Yeah. Y'all see that Lincoln is um, making uh, all electric vehicles is the latest one to promise them by uh, 2030. All electric lineup by 2030 from Lincoln. Yeah, they're out there and said LinkedIn. I was like, what? Yep. Link, LinkedIn <laughs> is making vehicles. Y'all heard, you heard it here first. Yeah. So Lincoln is owned by GM and the CEO of GM was on uh, uh, Squawk. Uh, God, what the heck? Why, am I, why is my brain? Squawk on the street this morning and she was running through all their stuff. Uh, she said their plan, they're going to have 30 models by 2025. So just four years from now, they're going to have 30 different models of EVs and they're going to be 100% electric across all of GM's car lines by 2035. Well, that's because they're using their their new battery tech, right? The Ultimum, Ultimum, what is that called? Oh, I don't know. I don't know about the new battery tech. Ultium battery pack. Ultium battery tech. That's that's their GM batteries. I think Ford Ford actually owns Lincoln. Ford owns Lincoln? Yeah, GM owns Buick, Cadillac, Chevy, GMC, but Ford owns Lincoln. I'm I'm almost sure unless they've sold it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. No, I, excuse me. I guess I messed up on that. Yeah, they were a Lincoln Mercury for a while. That was Lincoln, definitely- yeah, owned by Ford. Dang it. I'm sorry. Sorry. I apologize, uh, everyone. Wonderful world of Ford. Thank you for one catching of me. Us. Uh, one of us. Full um, circle, dude. <laughs> but either way, right? It's like right. across the board. I think what I was thinking about was uh, was Cadillac, because I think Cadillac was coming out saying that exact same sort of thing the other day. Oh, Harley released, I went to Harley released their electric motorcycle this year. The live Yes, yeah, so let's get I, your take on that, dude. So I, Harley's... <laughs> yeah go ahead no no i've been riding harleys for a long time i i think it all depends on the type of riding that, that you want to do i uh, i saw one for the first time and it is just loud by the way the type of riding i like to do on a harley is loud loud long i i go cross country i'm actually leaving it in the end of july and i'm riding from pensacola out to seattle and then back you know around so i enjoy that stuff the problem with that is that right now the generation it's really only good if you're, it's basically good for a bar bike, right? You know, like just, you know, going to a couple of local bars or something is pretty good. Yeah, it's for an EV, fast, you though. mean an EV bike would be good? Yeah, for a, yeah exactly. It's not and good then, for long distance, you know. Bro, pull up in your leathers and get your bike, get get off your bike and plug it in at the bar. See what happens. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I'm going to tell you, it is fast. I oh, saw sure. one the other day. The thing is is crazy fast. Uh, I frankly is this the think live it needs, wire? Yeah, I think it live needs wire. more weight because I could just see a big guy like me hitting it too hard and just going way <laughs> back over. But I mean, it's going to happen. But the battery tech has got to get a lot better before it's going to appeal to you know long distance riders. That actually it's looks thing, pretty cool. I like the naked looks bike awesome. look. Yeah, it looks. It looks good, way better than the Cybertruck. Like but it, immensely better. It almost still pull, looks like it has an exhaust system down there, the way they did well, the they, silver. They had like an audio thing that they were trialing, 
like no. like to yeah it did no so good but oh, it's, it's like the i8 it, the i8 was it, pumping it's, it's, engine it's 30, noise in the uh, it's like that movie what, what was that movie with kevin james and vince uh uh was it Vince uh, Vaughn when they were building the electric car, but they were trying to get the sound of the exhaust? It was that. I remember that. Remember that movie? It's, yeah. <laughs> but it's weird pulling up to the Harley dealerships now. Like dilemma. A, oh, I don't know. I don't. That was the movie. Was for the movie. Never mind. Go ahead. But you pull up to a Harley dealer now, and they've got electric plugs for people with okay. with live wires. <clears throat> Okay, the retail on those things are thirty thousand dollars, guys. Thirty thousand dollars for EV motorcycle. I don't know. That's par for the course for Harley. That's par for the course for Harley. Okay, yeah. So I didn't know exactly. That's what the HD stands for is a hundred dollars. Like everything you go in and get, it's a hundred dollars. I need a screw to fix this mount. Yeah, it's a hundred (laughs) dollars. I hadn't heard that one. Did y'all see that Google is going to drop their first retail store in New York uh, I did on see that. tomorrow? It opens in what Chelsea it? tomorrow. No. What are they going to sell? They're selling Fitbit, Nest, Pixel, all of their Chromebooks. They're trying to compete with the you know the whole Apple Store experience, and so the first one opens tomorrow in Chelsea. Is there an over under on how long before they close the store? Well, they said that they've done a bunch of pop up experiments <laughs> over the past, and this one is where they're going. But yeah. That's two killed by Google jokes. In one I, just, I mean, they do it to themselves, really. You know, it's just the truth. Yeah, I think they, at this point they're doing it on purpose. <laughs> I, I mean, probably just to make that guy work harder on his site. That dude hates Google for sure. Hundred percent. So I flew out of um, Love Field in Dallas the other day to go to Miami for our wedding anniversary. We left. And there was this area that there was nothing. We came back and there was a fully built, fully stocked uh, Amazon store, like the, the walk in, walk out. I'm like, how does this work? You know, we didn't, we were leaving to get home and get our kids and all this kind of stuff. But it looks like you just like swipe your credit card or scan your phone as you walk in and you grab whatever you want and you walk out. And it like, my wife was like, what in the world? But I think even more amazing than how the store works and how kind of, I think, confused people were just like walking up to it and all this kind of stuff was the fact that they stood up the whole store within like seven days. It's crazy. Whoa. Really? Yeah. That's- yes. It was not there. You're talking, you're talking like there was nothing on the ground and then there was a raised building and a no, store. No, it it's not a building. Inside Love Field, the airport, right? You oh, go in okay. and you have so like- It was actually in Love Field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got yeah. it. In, inside, inside the airport. It's like one of those little pop-up stands and all that kind of stuff where they sell sunglasses or fake jewelry or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, during Christmas time, so kind of tons of pop-up stores and that's what they're probably drawing on that. But the, the neat thing is that you're just extending your, your virtual community to the real world and making those transactions happen. So that's pretty cool. Is there some psychology in there? Oh, we're running out of time here, but is there something where they win because you just click, click, a button to buy and then they you translate that to real life and you just walk in and take what you want and leave and there's no experience or feel of paying for anything whatever it is to make make the transaction seamless and and painless is going to make it easier i think it'll be a generational thing i think the younger generation like my kids that'll be a much easier experience where for me not giving money to somebody leaving a store is like I'm doing something wrong because I think I've just been conditioned over the years, right? That, well, this is shoplifting. Right? I think so, I'd be sure. looking over my shoulder. 
Right. I, mean, I think I just kind of be, is this okay? Or am I doing this right? Yeah. Right. And then there's people like piling up right outside the store as they check their phone to like make sure the thing went through or what, you know, I don't know. It's interesting. Cool. Well, well, there's other stuff to talk about, but we don't have time. I think we're running out of time, but like windows 11, I guess there's been hints of that in the field. Yes. I saw a little bit of that. Um, they have the start bars no longer. Well, you can, you can revert to classic, but the start bar is now in the middle. And so if you open a program, the start bar will like, uh, dynamically adjust and your little windows icon isn't just locked in. It will move left and right based on how many applications you have open. I immediately saw people complaining about that. I think the reason is pretty obvious. People are buying these monitors that are like 16 feet wide. It's difficult to move over to the start menu and hit it whenever you can't like even see where it is over here. To your ah, I never thought about that. So <laughs> they I, didn't I just do it because of the Mac OS. Uh, I guess if we're going to do that, then they did it because of Linux in like 1990. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, the mini Cooper too. version? It's a mini yeah. Cooper version with the start Listen, buttons. In the I middle. have this dream of every year is the year of the Linux desktop. So, you know, I'm going to make it happen. Well, maybe you need another pandemic because that that's what kick-started the VDI. Here, the VDI finally came into overdrive. Well, I don't think that VDI was on Linux. One day. <laughs> one day. But I think that's going to do it for another episode of the Tech Breakfast Podcast. Uh, thank you, Scotty, Justin, and Vung for joining us today. That was, that was coming in clutch whenever we weren't sure if we were going to be able to do the show ourselves. So that was very helpful. So thank you. Uh, share it. Like it. Tell your friends. Tell your family. And until next time, we'll see you later. Peace.